Father in heaven, thank you so much for watching over us. Thank you for being with us this past week. And I want to thank you that you've brought us to this time where we can study together online. And we're just asking for a blessing of your Holy Spirit, that you'd please lead us and guide us. And I pray that you'd help us to, to understand your word and inspire our hearts and minds. Now we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are continuing our study in Matthew chapter 6 this evening. We finished Matthew chapter 5 already. We've been looking at the Beatitudes and the, you've heard it have been said of all time. Um, and then we ended last week with, Be ye therefore perfect. Perfect in what way? Perfect in love. And that was what Jesus was referring to there. But now we are in the beginning of Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. So let's turn our Bibles there, Matthew chapter 6. Oh, by the way, let me just share one more praise. I've been having a sore throat for the past two days, and I just thank the Lord for um, charcoal. I praise the Lord for this spray, iodine spray. Um, I just praise the Lord that I am still able to share with all of you. So just pray for me as, as we're going through this study together that um, the word of the Lord and His glory might not be hindered from this weak instrument. So let us turn to Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to start in verse 1. Matthew chapter 6, we're starting in verse 1. The Bible says, Take heed that ye do not your arms before men, to be seen of them. Otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine arms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest arms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine arms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. So what are we talking about here originally? It's talking about arms. And what does the word arms mean? It means good works, your acts of pity, your compassionateness. That's what the concordance says. So your acts of compassion. And look, this is a good text for us to look at in this time. Um, why? So many people out there doing seemingly good works for all those that are in the front lines of different people. And, uh, you know, we just had a photo that was passed around in our pastor's chat this past week about a person who's giving food and then they're taking a selfie. You know, it's so easy to, to be out there and tell everyone, hey, this is all my good works. But what does Jesus say here? You don't need to tell the whole world what you're doing for your acts of mercy. And look, in context, what was he talking about in the previous chapter? He was talking about what? Loving your enemy, right? Loving your enemy. So he's saying, look, you don't need to tell the whole world that you are loving your enemy. So when he's talking about these arms, these acts of love and kindness, you don't need to tell the whole world how good a person you are. But what group was doing this? Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 2. Who was it that was doing this? Therefore, when thou doest thine arms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as what? The hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets. So these people, they were in the church, but they're called what? Hypocrites. Hypocrites. Let's turn our Bibles 
to Matthew chapter 23. Matthew 23, and we're going to read verse 13 to 15. Matthew 23. Let's have a look at these hypocrites. What does Jesus say about them? Matthew 23, verse 13. I hope you're following with me in your Bibles. Let's turn to Matthew 23, 13. The Bible says, But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. There you go again. For you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. And then verse 15. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye compass sea and land to make one proselyte, and when he is made, you make him twofold more the child of hell than yourself. It's so interesting that when Jesus was talking about the hypocrites, he very clearly in Matthew, the book of Matthew, calls out who those hypocrites were. It was not just a person that says and doesn't do, but it was someone even in the church. He is talking about someone religious. And we're going to see this in a minute. He's not talking about the Red Cross out there or non-Christian organizations that are charitable, charitable, that don't know God at all. When he comes to Matthew chapter 6, he's talking about those that know God. Okay? And this is very important for us to understand. So when Jesus is saying, don't, let, do, don't do your good arms before men, he is talking to the Christian. The Christian. And there's good reason behind this. Let's continue. Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7. And we're looking at verse 5 and 6. Mark chapter 7, verses 5 and 6. Look at what the Bible says here. Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashen hands? He answered and said unto them, Well hath Esaias prophesied of you, hypocrites, as it is written, This people honoreth me with their lips, but what? Their heart is far from me. So there's this group here that's doing all these seemingly good things, but what Jesus is saying about these hypocrites is, even though you're seemingly doing all these good things, your heart really is very far from Jesus. And so it's a matter of the heart. It's a matter of where? Not here. The heart. So when he's talking to this group of people, even in Mark, he calls the Pharisees and the scribes, as we saw in Matthew 23, 13 to 15, is talking about the religious leaders, the scribes and the Pharisees. They were being called hypocrites. What is their problem? Their heart was far from Jesus. Their heart was far from God. And so sometimes when we look at these people that seemingly do good works, the thing that we have to talk about here is motive. How do, we, how do we apply this text today? You know, it's so easy to advertise your goodness. It's so easy to tell people, hey, hey, I'm feeling, feeding the homeless. I'm doing good works over here. I'm helping people over there. I'm helping the frontliners. And uh, we, we just have to stop and, and take a picture as if we've got to make sure that the whole world knows. But friends, in this day and age of Instagram and, 
and Facebook and people just pasted to their pictures. We, we just want to get a good like. Ah, ah, this person must be good because of what they do. But Jesus is saying, look, don't tell anybody. Do it in secret. And that is the underlying issue. When you do all these good things, what is the motive behind it? Because we can do good things for the wrong reason. Do you understand that? We can do good things for the wrong reason. And so I ask you this evening, even as you're sitting here in the comfort of your home or wherever, wherever you might be listening in, the question I'm asking you is, what motivates you to do the good that you do from a religious standpoint, okay? When you come to church early, why are you there early? Are you there early because you had no choice? When you come to church, why are you there? When you do what you do as a Christian that is good, what motivates you? What drives you? Do you see that? When we look at the difference between Matthew 5 and Matthew 6, there is a very big difference between what drives the person in Matthew 6 and Matthew chapter 5. So in Matthew 5, 16, let's look at this. Let's turn the Bibles to Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16. Let's go there. Matthew 5 and verse 16. The Bible says, Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works, and what? Glorify your Father which is in heaven. So they see your good works. Yes, people will notice. People will see when you do good stuff, right? But the result is what? They glorify the Father which is in heaven. What comes around from this when you do good works? Is your Father being glorified? Let's go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 2. Review this. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 2. Look at what the Bible says. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have what? Glory of men. So on one side, people see the good works in Matthew chapter 5 of what this person is doing, and they glorify the Father which is in heaven. And then a person here in Matthew chapter 6, verse 2, they're doing good works as well. Seems hard to separate, doesn't it? But yet it says that they may have what? Glory of men. So the question that I'm asking again here this evening is, what motivates you to do what you do? What are the intentions? What are the desires behind why you do it? Is it because it's your work? Is it because you don't have a choice? You see? And yes, in this case, this people, they're doing all of these things to get glory from men. Granted, some of us, we're not looking for that. But I'm taking it a step further this evening. My question is, what motivates you? Why do you do what you do? Remember, the previous chapter, it ends with, be ye therefore perfect. Be ye therefore perfect in God's love. If you have God's love, you will do this, right? So the question is, once again, what drives you? What motivates you to do what you do as a Christian? But look at Matthew chapter 6 and verse 3. Look at what the Bible says. 
But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. Even those that are the closest to you, you don't need to let them know. You don't need to tell them about it. Why? What we see in Matthew chapter 5 is good works will always produce a result somehow and somewhere. You don't have to have people praising you so that then you can keep going and doing good works. Do you see that? So we have to be careful how we publish our good works. Friends, maybe selfies, less selfies are better. You know, people are still taking pictures and I've gotten into the craze too, or rather my wife has, um, our, our Tan family chat, her, her, her family on that side, we were all sharing photos of what? Our food. And that's what we're doing, you know. And uh, we just love to take pictures in this generation. But all these selfies, it's just me, 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 me. And, and we're trying to publish the goodness that we have and tell people about how good we are or what we're doing. And it's just so important in this connected generation. But Jesus says, don't even let your left hand know from your right hand those that are closest to you, those that are in your family, those that are your relatives, those in your church. You don't need to let them know. Just go and do it. Do you see that? And this is so important. Why? Because it shows the motivations behind why we're doing what we're doing. But let's continue. Matthew chapter 6, verse 4, that thine arms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself, what? Shall reward thee openly. You don't need to worry. You don't need to worry. If you do it secretly, God will reward you openly. And look, some people go, okay, God, you didn't reward me openly, so I'm just going to do it myself. No, we don't need self-promotion, friends. We don't. What we need is humility of heart. We do this because this is who we are. We don't need words of affirmation to continue doing what we're doing. We do this because that's who we are. Now look, as a leader, you got to give words of affirmation, right? As children, when they do good things, yes, we got to affirm them. And as little children, they love to come and tell us what they've been doing and, and what, they've, what they've been drawing and what, what they've been cooking or what they've been building. They love to come and tell us. But we as adults, no, we don't need to tell everybody that. Don't need to tell people our good works to get affirmation from them. Why? God at the right time, He will reward us openly. And friends, that might be in heaven. <laughs> it might not be on this earth. You understand that? The reward might be in heaven. You might not see the reward on this earth. Let's not work for the reward, right? We do it because of love. Yeah. Just as children, they, we, we provide for them, we feed for them, we clothe them, and when they get older, we don't tell them exactly why we've been doing all of this, just to get a thanks or to get support from them when they get older. No, friends, what motivates you as a Christian? And that is the question that Jesus is asking all of us this evening. What is motivating you? What drives you to do what you do. Do you still do it when no one else is around? Do you see that? You don't need to do your good works to be praised of men. We have a different motivation that drives us. And Jesus does not stop there. 
Let's keep going. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 and 6. Matthew 6, verses 5 and 6. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall what? Same principle, reward thee openly. We don't have to parade our religious activities. We don't have to tell everybody how long we are praying for and how long we are doing our devotions for and how much time we are spending with Jesus every day. These things are important. Don't misunderstand me. But we don't have to parade all the things that should be in secret. There are things that will be done in public. Preaching is a public thing. There are things that are done in public, playing the piano for church and singing and leading and singing and singing special music. Those, those things are good and they're important. They enhance our music. But there are some things, Jesus says, that should be left for the private. And one of those, he says, is prayer. Look, you don't need to take a one-minute prayer for praying for your food, friends. Ten seconds is enough. It will, be, it will be blessed enough in 10 seconds as it is in one minute. And if you think that you need to take one minute for your food prayer, you're not praying enough in secret. Are you with me? So you don't need to pray long. Go to your closet. It is there that you can wrestle with God and make sure that the three meals that you're going to eat today are going to be blessed and that God will be with you that even if you do forget sometimes to pray for your meal, God forbid or heaven forbid, but there's not sin in that, right? There's no instruction saying you, you got to pray before every meal, right? We should be thankful. But if you are spending time with God in secret, the way that you will live openly will be very different. You don't need to parade your good works. You don't need to parade your good prayers. Ellen White says, those that pray long in public, are praying short in private. So we got to be careful. Look at how the Pharisees prayed. Luke 18. Luke 18, starting in verse 10. Look at the Pharisees' prayer. Luke 18, verse 10. Two men went up into the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee, the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus within himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be what? Abased. And he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. The Pharisee, he did not go down to his house justified. Let's not take the glory from God, friends. This guy, he was standing there where? On the corner and telling everybody his good works. 
I am so glad that I do this and I do this, I fast, I give tithes of all that I possess, and furthermore, I'm glad I'm not like this person. Friends, you've got to hold up the proverbial mirror to your heart and mind and life this evening to make sure that the motives that drive what you do are correct. Don't push people down to try to pull yourself up, just to make yourself feel better. But Jesus, he is talking about our motivations. What drives your good works? What drives your prayers? You don't need to tell everybody that you're praying. Why? Prayer will have its effect. Prayer will have effect from God. When you pray, God will begin to work. You don't need to tell people you're praying. Do you see that? So it's really important. Jesus says, look, do these things in secret. You don't need to parade it all before your family, before your friends, before your church. But look, let's keep going. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 7. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. So look, the hypocrite was talking about the religious leaders. But here, vain repetitions, just like the heathen. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. Now there's a few things that we have to look at here because some people get confused about vain repetitions. First, looking strictly from the concordance standpoint, okay? Concordance standpoint. The word vain repetition is one Greek word. It means a proverbial stammer, to stutter, and then to prate tediously, okay? So the first is a proverbial stammer, that some people, they are not able to even pray a complete sentence without falling over their words. This is talking about public prayer, friends, okay? So we got to be careful that when we pray, that others are able to understand. We're able to finish a complete sentence. We're able to talk properly and not stumble over our words. So don't, don't, don't just pray prayers and then at the end of it, people really are, are finding it hard to understand you and they lose the, the, the emphasis of what you're trying to say. But then... It says to prate tediously, to talk tediously. You know what it means to talk tediously? You're wearing out the saints, friends. Don't pray long prayers. That's not a sign of righteousness. Not in public anyways. We got to learn to wrestle with God long in the closet. Amen. That's where we got to pray and be long on our knees, asking God to be with us, to guide us, to bless us, to make sure that he's with us and that all that we say and do can give honor and glory to his name. That when we are able to pray the long prayers, the short prayers, it, it's, it, it doesn't take very long, at least in public. You see that? Elijah, when he was praying for rain, he would pray and then he'd send a guy, his servant, go check, nothing, pray again. He didn't pray one hour prayers, no. He was praying short prayers, but he would not stop until the prayer would be answered. So we got to be careful when we talk about vain repetitions, though. Vain repetitions. In what sense? Look, 
The word vain also means useless, right? So we got to not keep repeating prayers uselessly as well. We got to be careful to not keep repeating forms of prayers that we just are used to praying without thinking about it. So there's got to be meaning. So once again, I ask, what is the motivation that drives you to pray? What is the motivation behind it? Because we can be motivated for the wrong reasons and thinking, okay, I know that this is just what I got to do. I'm going to pray. Look, it's good to get into habit, but we can not only just pray without thinking, we have to pray without the, with the understanding behind what we do. Do you see that? So there's this other aspect when it comes to vain repetition, that the prayers that we pray have meaning. And you know, I always tell people this, especially when it comes to vain repetition. You know, growing up in a Christian home, we always prayed for our, our meals all the time. And, um, you know, it came to a point when we're old enough, parents would say, kids, okay, you pray, you pray, you pray. And I always prayed the same prayer. Father, uh, thank you, Jesus, for the food and bless the food. Amen. One day, my brother looked over at me and said, Ben, can you pray something else? I thought about it for a minute. I go, yeah, I can actually. But sometimes we just have these vain repetitions that have no meaning to it, but it just flows out of our lips when we get on our knees. So we've got to be careful not to have vain repetitions like the heathen. We've got to pray with understanding. So there's one more section. I'm going to skip, if you're following along in your Bibles, I'm going to skip the Lord's Prayer, okay? We're going to come back to that next week. As we're still in lockdown, we're going to have another care group online next week. I was hoping this would be our last, but I uh, hope you're not getting sick of me. But Matthew chapter 6 and verse 16. Matthew 6 verse 16. We'll look at the Lord's Prayer next week, okay? Matthew 6 verse 16. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces. Now remember, we were talking about hypocrites. Who were the hypocrites? It was not the heathen, it was the religious leaders. For they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you that they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee, what? Openly. This is the third time the conclusion has been the same. The pattern that Jesus has given us is also the same as well. First, when you do your arms, your good works, your righteous works. Secondly, it's when you pray. And then now, thirdly, when you fast. When you do any of these three things, Jesus says, do it in private. Don't need to let people know. Don't need to let people know the good things that you're doing. Don't need to let people know the prayers that you're praying. Don't need to let people know that you're fasting. Just fast and, oh, you're not going to eat? No, I'm, not, I'm, I'm fine today. You, you don't have to go, I'm fasting. You understand that? You don't need to tell people all the good that you are doing. And then Jesus says, the good things that you do in secret... The things that you do in secret, God will what? Reward thee openly. 
Friends, there is reward for doing good works, the righteous. There's a reward that comes from the prayers that you pray. And there's a reward that comes from fasting. You want to receive blessing? You want to receive reward, Jesus says? Focus on these three things. Arms, your good works, your charitable works, prayer, and fasting. And it's very interesting. I sat here long and hard thinking about this. Why these three things? Why these three things? Well, if you might allow me to just give you my spin on this, alms, good works, is found in Matthew chapter 5. It starts off with the Ten Commandments. And then it goes on to tell you to be salt and light of the earth. And then it says, don't hate your brother. Don't lust after woman in your heart. Learn to have your communication be yay, yay, and nay, nay. Let it be, don't lie, you know. Make sure that you love your enemy. These things that it talks about in Matthew chapter 5, then Matthew chapter 6, it comes in with the good works. But why does Jesus talk about prayer and fasting? Let me say it simply, friends. If there are any of you struggling with hatred in your heart, if you're struggling with forgiving your brother or your sister, or you just don't like this person, and you can't just shake it, it's just difficult. You know it's wrong, but you find it hard. Or you're lusting after women in your heart. Let's call that pornography, brothers. You know, if you're struggling with these sorts of things, what you need is secret fasting and secret prayer. Telling your neighbor, godly person on this earth, and asking them to pray for you will not help. It will help somewhat. I'm not saying it won't help at all. I'm not saying don't come to me anymore and pray. But pray even more earnestly for yourself. People, they like to, to, to go to others and say, just please, 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 pastor, pastor, pray for me. And I'm very happy to do that. But, you know, I, I've been in meetings where uh, I, would, I would do a 20-day evangelistic series and the same person would come to me every evening, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. And, and those prayers are, are okay. I'm not saying that I, I'm, not reluctant, I'm reluctant to pray. It's how hard are you praying for yourself? Do you understand that? There is praying for one another. There is a need for united prayer. But my question is this, how hard are you praying and fasting for yourself? You know, we've prayed and fasted for this lockdown and the, 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 the virus to, to be taken away. And we've, we've prayed and many of us, we were in this prayer chain, our, our GC, the, the World Church has started days of prayer. And, you know, we have certain times that we've all signed up from the leadership standpoint. If you haven't, you've got to set one hour, one time aside. It doesn't have to be an hour, but in that hour, pray. So that God's people can be praying for this situation, for the uplifting of this lockdown, so that we can go forward with greater power to do God's work beyond this. We realize that our freedoms to, to go out is, is taken away and we can't do much now, but 
or if we are praying rightly, we would go forth with greater zeal and vigor when this is taken up because we're praying and fasting in secret. And we got to learn to pray in secret, friends. So many people are not doing good works. So many people are not shining God's light and being salt to the earth because we are not praying and fasting. Do you understand that? I focus a lot on the Bible. I talk a lot about the Word of God. But Jesus hasn't touched it. He just said, my Ten Commandments, they've not been done away with. That's in Matthew chapter 5. But it almost seems like Jesus is saying here, if you want to do good works, you've got to pray secretly. You've got to fast secretly. Not only when your church tells you to fast, not only when you, the church tells you to pray, but you've got to make prayer a habit secretly. You don't need to tell me. You don't need to tell your neighbor. You don't need to tell the church. You don't need to tell your husband or your wife. You can get up in the middle of the night when everybody is asleep. That's probably the most effective time to pray when you have kids. But you've got to learn to pray secretly. Many parents, they're running on fumes because they get up when their kids get up. Or they get up just a little bit of time before their children get up and they pray weak-bellied prayers. And prayers that don't move the world. Prayers that are unable to fight against the temptations that the devil throws at our children. And we sit there and we scratch our heads and we wonder what's going on with our children. And God is saying, I want you to pray. I want you to fast. And you don't have to wait for the church program to run it. You don't have to wait for anyone to do it and teach you the principles behind fasting. It's very simple, friends. Don't eat. Are you with me? Don't go on these social media fasts. Don't go on this fruit fast. You should be eating well every single day. Are you with me? You should be eating healthy every single day. That's the fast that God, God has told us through Ellen White that God has given to us. It's a simple meals. You don't need to have 10 different spices in your food. We should be having that sort of fast all the time. But you want to know how to fast? Just skip a meal. You get used to that? Skip too. It's okay. You don't need to tell anybody. Just do it. And it's people like you that will make God's arm move on behalf of the whole world. So friends, what do we need today? With the arms, Jesus is dealing with the tip of the iceberg. It's what's seen, right? Our good works, feeding the homeless, helping those that are around. Those are good things. But why do people like to parade their good works? They're missing prayer and fasting. And we don't need to be appreciated of people. We don't have to. If we kneel before God and learn to pray in secret and learn to wrestle with our Father in heaven, and if we learn to fast, the works will be there. You don't need to tell anybody. God will reward thee openly.
And you don't do it because of the reward. But you've seen prayer that moves people's lives. Do you see that? You know, when a parent prays for their lost son or daughter that's out in the world, when they come back, they just go, praise God, my son or daughter is back. They don't go, praise the Lord because of my prayers that I prayed long and hard every night for two hours every night. You don't see the parents doing that, do you? Why? Because prayer changed their heart before it changed their children's. And so today, God, He wants to change you privately. As you pray secretly, as you fast secretly, those are the prayers that will move the almighty arm of God to work on our behalf. And we will see the reward. You know what the Christian's reward is on this earth? It's seeing those prayers answered and knowing that God is with you and working with you and working through you. It gives you even greater power to pray. It gives you greater assurance to continue in prayer then even when no one gives you praise for you praying and doing God good works, you still persevere. Why? Because the Christian's reward is found in those answered prayers. And you don't need anyone's validation because you've been praying. And God, He's been working. And so today, friends, let's learn to pray privately. Let's learn to pray the prayers that will change the world. And those are not done at the end of a sermon. They're not done at the beginning of a sermon. They're not even done there at church during the pastoral prayer. The prayers that will change the world are those done in the secret chambers, in the closets when it's closed and nobody knows except you and God. And so as we fast and as we pray, you will see a reward you will see your children change. You will see your husband or your wife change. You will see your parents change. You will see your brother or sister change. You will see the community around you change. You will see everything change because as you are praying, God is working. And so let us learn to pray. Let's learn to struggle with God. Pray with God. And as He sees in secret, He will reward openly. Let's bow our heads. Father in heaven, Lord, we don't understand prayer as we ought to. Father, it's been too easy for us to just get up and do, 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 not realizing that the most effective work is done on our knees. And so, Lord, forgive us for relying on our own efforts, thinking that our works meant something. But, Lord, help us to see that our righteousness is like filthy rags. There's nothing good that we can offer you except our willing heart this evening. And, Lord, before we even change our mind, come in, take control, clean up our hearts and our lives, and help us to see the first thing that we have to learn and to do today is to pray and teach us, Lord, to enhance our prayers, 
with fasting. That as we learn to struggle with these two things in secret, Lord, you will reward us openly. And so help us to look for the Christian's reward today. Continue to guide us to that end. Help us to persevere and never give up. So watch over all of us, O Lord, this evening. Help us, Father, to continue to be guided by Thee every step of the way. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.